grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters in Christ. Good luck. I wish you well and success on all your endeavors, is what the barber told me as I paid him and left his barber shop. I had just been sitting in the chair, we were talking, you did what barbers usually do, he asked me personal questions. And at the time I was still in seminary, I was finishing up my education and I was about to graduate. We talked and we discovered that he was not a religious person, but when I left, he was, seemed to be struck with the impulse to say something positive about my upcoming graduation. And so the words that came out of his mouth were, good luck, I wish you success on all your endeavors. And I was struck by how kind this man was and how empty his words were. His parting blessing was like a croissant. Beautiful and buttery on the outside, but light and airy, not much to it on the inside. I wish you success, he said. What do you think Abram's family, I'm going to call him Abraham because God renames him later, Abraham's family said to him as he packed up and left because he was leaving them, he was leaving stability. Abraham would have lived in a family community, a tightly knit little community where family relied on each other, relied on each other for, even for survival. And Abraham was going somewhere Imagine maybe his brother or sister walks up to him and says, Abraham, where are you going? And he says, God has told me to leave. And he says, well, that's nice, but what's your destination? Where are you leaving to? And Abraham says back, I don't know. How would you react? We can be a little critical when someone is, we know and love is making a decision that we believe they haven't fully thought through. Maybe they quit their job in a moment of exasperation without really having another job lined up right away. Maybe they're picking up, they're picking up house, they're selling their house, giving up the apartment to go move to Nashville to work on their music career. Or maybe they're in a rush to get married to someone who, in our opinion, they don't know very well. We can be very critical when someone's making a big life decision that we deem they're moving too quick and don't have enough information. That's probably how Abraham's family thought about him, don't you think? But why do we get like that? What does that expose about our human nature? Well, we as human beings are risk-averse. We, as human beings, are terrified of the unknown. And so when it comes to someone we love, someone we care about, and the life decisions that they are making, we don't want them to plunge into the unknown either. So the pendulum of our hearts can swing from one extreme of taking too many risks too fast to the other extreme of never doing anything with your life, of never making any changes because you're too afraid of risk. We can succumb, we can subject ourselves to the greatest anxiety of trying to control all the variables in our lives before we move a muscle. 
And what happens when you try that out? When you try to control your life, what happens is you find out what little control you actually have. What happens when you try to have all the answers before you make any decision? You find out how many questions there actually are and how few answers you actually have. What happens when you live your life risk-averse? You find out how many risks you just have to take to survive. Was Abraham taking a risk? Was Abraham taking his life into his own hands? Was Sarah taking a risk by trusting her husband and, doing this, and going along with his decision? Were the household workers that, that worked for Abraham and Sarah and Lot, were they taking a risk by going along with them? They could have stayed. No. Because they trusted God. Trust in God involves admitting that you don't have control, but submitting yourself to the one who does. Trust in God involves admitting that you don't have all the answers, but submitting yourself to the one who does have all the answers. And to trust in God, brothers and sisters, is no risk at all. But that's not to say that God is keeping information from us. He didn't say, he didn't come to Abraham and say, move from your household and hmm, we'll just see what happens. No, he gives him something to hang on to. He speaks to him, a promise that he can trust him. He says to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God knew what he was asking Abraham to do. God knew that moving was going to be stressful, especially because Abraham did not have the destination in his mind at the time. God understands the anxieties that Abram, Sarah, Lot, and their household workers would have gone through with this big transition. God understands. And that's why he gave the promise to hang on to. Because God is not like my barber in Milwaukee. God, with God, there is no such thing as an empty well-wish. With God, there's no such thing as croissant words God cannot speak an empty promise. Everything he says comes true. So God is not commenting on Facebook that he's sending you positive vibes because that means nothing. What God speaks is promises. And God always delivers on his promises. He says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. And sure enough, Abraham and Sarai later on in their life they had a son who had a son who had 12 sons who became the 12 ancestors of the tribes of Israel and what happened through one of those tribes the tribe of Judah many generations in the future the Savior was born Jesus according to his earthly descendancy came from Abram's line of the tribe of Judah he was born he lived he went to a cross he died and he rose again so that all nations could be blessed. Do you see what this means for you? 
you sit here as a fulfillment of this promise to Abraham because you have been blessed through his family life. God promised to Abraham that he was going to give him the land of Canaan. And sure enough, after Israel had blossomed into its own nation, they, they had conquered and inhabited Canaan so that out of this little pocket of that land that is now Israel, there was this small town called Bethlehem. A baby could be born who was Christ the Lord, your Messiah. And this is the connection, brothers and sisters, between that promise in the garden. Because when God looked at Satan and said, I'm going to send the offspring of the woman who's going to crush your head, that was the same promise that he's giving to Abraham now. So you see God's determination throughout human history to save your soul, to bless you, to be on your side, and to bring you back to him through the forgiveness of your sin. You see God's eternal, historical love for you, his people. God does not deliver empty promises. Every one of them has come true. Every one of them will come true. And he says to Abraham, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. He says to Abraham, I am choosing solidarity with you. I, I identify with you. I am your God. I'm going to be with you. Because another thing that's different about God and the barber I had up in Milwaukee is that barber gave me a parting well wish. It seemed like a good time for him to say something because we were never going to see each other ever again. And to this day, I have not seen him again, I can assure you. God does not give parting wishes. Don't make the mistake of reading this blessing and thinking that God is saying like, Bon voyage, Abraham. I hope you do a good job. I hope everything works out. No, God gives promises, and then he sticks with you. God doesn't leave you to see if you're going to make it. He didn't leave Abraham to see if he was going to be obedient. No, God gave him the promise that he was going to bless him, and he was going to stick with him every step of the way. So you see how worth it it is to entrust your entire self to God, and that's what faith does. Because he's always there. He's always going to be there. He's always going to preserve you. He's always going to protect you. He's always going to provide for you. He's never going to fail. He never has. So he's worth your trust. It's hardly a risk to trust in God. And that's what faith is. That's what faith does. Abraham trusted in God, and he showed that trust by his obedience. He showed that trust by doing exactly what God said to do. But now he wants to show his thankfulness. But there's a problem. Abraham doesn't have a local congregation. He doesn't have a QR code in the bulletin that he can scan and give his offering online. He doesn't have a tab he can go to on our website to donate. He doesn't have an offering plate. He doesn't even have the Levitical priests. He doesn't have a temple. He doesn't have a tabernacle. He doesn't even have the Ten Commandments because those aren't going to come for another couple hundred years. What is Abraham to do? He wants to praise God. He wants to give God thanks. Well, he figures it out, doesn't he? He builds an altar. Altars are for sacrifices. Sacrifices are worship. And then later on, he builds another altar. He does it again. He worships God again. And he calls on God's name. 
Now understand that God's name is a lot more than what God would put at the top of a quiz to make the teacher know that it's his. God's name is everything we know about God. Everything he has ever done, everything that he, has ever, that he ever will do, and everything that he is. So when Abraham calls on God's name, he's doing exactly what you have done so far in the service and what we will do. He's referring back to God by what he knows about him in song, in prayer, in speech. Except there's one key difference in the way Abraham did it. He didn't have walls around him. We have walls to keep the animals out, to keep the wind out, to keep the elements out. There's nothing wrong with walls. But picture this, Abraham doing a whole church service, him and Sarah and all of his household servants, and everyone who walks by can hear exactly what they're saying. What a blessing that would be for their community. Think of what a blessing it would be for us to express our faith, express our thanksgiving, not just here, not just behind walls, but throughout our lives, throughout the week. Not just one hour on Sunday and another on Wednesday, but every hour, praising God for what he has done for us. You see that faith, the faith that God has given you entrust itself to God. You entrust that God, your, your entire self, that God will protect you, that God will provide for you, that God will love you. You entrust your guilt to God, knowing that he has and he will forgive it. And like Abraham, you look forward to a future promise. Not the promise of an earthly promised land that everything's going to go great on this earth, but the promise of a heavenly promised land. Abraham looked forward to having his own country, his own home, but through the eyes of faith, he even more so looked forward to joining his Savior in heaven. And that's what you do too. With the eyes of faith, you entrust yourself to God, knowing that he will make good on that promise. Just like he made good on this promise to Abraham, and you are living proof of that, because you are blessed through Abraham's name, you are blessed by Abraham's God. It was with you all the way. It will be with you through the rest of your journey. So there's no risk involved with trusting God. Amen. Amen.